Welcome to Belief Busters Podcast, where we change the world one belief at a time. I'm your host, Reverend Cherie Taylor-Jones, and I'm really glad that you could join us on the journey. Welcome to this episode of Belief Busters. We have Leslie Ferris-Yerger. She is a TEDx speaker first-time author of Probably Benign, and a women's advocate with a laser-focused mission. You see, Leslie was diagnosed with stage four breast cancer in November of 2017. After, after she received an all-clear mammogram and ultrasound, experiencing firsthand the failings of our current breast cancer screening technologies, she is now determined to advance the next generation in breast cancer screening so that her story doesn't become your story. Leslie, I'm so glad that you're with us today. Thank you so much for having me. I'm looking forward to this. Good, good. Um, I'm really excited and also anxious and um, about this story because, you know, for me, I also come from that belief, you know, once you get that mammogram screening and it comes back with everything's okay. End of story. I don't have to think about it for another year. So, you know, <laughs> exactly. So when you told me your story, I was like, what? Yeah. yeah. So tell me what are some of those false beliefs about that success about mammograms? Right. So um, let's not, let's back up a little bit and not throw sure. the, you know, baby out with the bathwater or, or however you want to say that. Mammograms have saved many, many lives over the last decades, and that is to be applauded, and we need to understand that. However, or and, maybe, and, um, and there are certain women, and those certain women are actually many women, where mammograms really are not very effective at all, and those are the women who have dense breast tissue. And so on average, that's about half of us. Wow. And about two thirds of women have dense breasts that are premenopausal. So that's a lot of people whose mammograms are not as effective as they should be. As a matter of fact, they will find um, less than half of all cancers in women with dense breast tissue. And this is not widely known. And this is something that women need to understand. And here's the kicker. Dense breast tissue is a risk factor for getting breast cancer in the first place. So not only, um, you know, does it not find all of the cancers in women with dense breasts, those same women have the added risk factor of having dense breasts to begin with. 71% of all breast cancers are in women with dense breasts. 71%. Wow. Yeah. What, well, what, well, well over half. Yeah. What quantifies dense breast? Right. So what is breast density? Like yeah. what am I talking about? Yes. Um, so our breasts are really made up of two things. And this is a very, you know, like layman's way of saying this, but it's really two things. One is fat. On the other is, you know, the ducts and the lobules that are in our breasts that allow us to produce milk. And that's what the breasts are really for. Right. Mm -hmm. um, so, the breasts are made up of those two things. So if your breasts are largely fatty, you don't have much of the, you know, other 
stuff, then um, your breast looks kind of black on a mammogram and breast cancer is white. Breast cancer shows up as a white thing on a mammogram. So if you don't have, you know, much of anything other than fat, then that white's going to show up well. But the other things, those lobules, ducts, et cetera, show up white on a mammogram. So if you are thick with those in your breast, then that looks white on the mammogram. So then it becomes very hard to see the breast cancer that is in that breast. So one doctor I know kind of described it as trying to find a white bunny in a snowstorm. Pretty hard to do, right? Yeah. Own other people describe it as trying to shine a light through concrete. It just, you can't see, you can't see it. So it's not that the radiologists are missing it. They're very highly trained, educated, and usually very experienced. So they're good at things, seeing things that we can't really see, you know, like mm-hmm. what is, what is that? But it's just the technology is so difficult for them to actually see when our breasts are dense. And that's the problem. Got it. Yeah. So what do you suggest women do? Well, I think the very first thing that every woman must do is to find out if they're dense or not. So, um, you know, and you, the only way to find out if you're dense or how dense you are is to get a mammogram. So it all starts with the mammogram. So what I'm going to talk about later is not replacing a mammogram. It's an addition to Okay, so the first thing that we do is just get that mammogram. If you've already gotten one, the density should be in your report. By Mm -hmm. law, they really have to tell you what your density is in the report. So that's the first step. Either read your report and talk to your doctor or get a mammogram, and then you will find out your density from that. They're categorized. It's categorized into basically four categories. Fatty, which is not dense at all. And then something called fibro fibroglandular. Um, that's that's like the second category, and it's kind of like a little bit dense, but not very. So those okay. two, um, they also call them category A and B. So those two are classified as not dense, but heterogeneously dense or extremely dense are considered dense, and that okay. those categories are where the problems are. So it's either going to be A, B, C, or D, or those names that I just said. Got it. And um, that's what you should be looking for. So, you know, if you are not a dense-breasted woman, then mammograms are quite fine. You know, they're really they're really quite fine for you. They're, they're pretty high sensitivity, and you should be fine with that. But if you are a, a, a heterogeneously dense, category C, or extremely dense, category D, then there's a very, very high chance that you need some supplemental screening in addition to the mammogram. So my baseline advice to every woman is to figure out where you fall on that continuum. Which category are you? Then talk to your doctor about what else they have to give you that will actually stand a better chance of seeing the cancer if it's there in that dense breast. Well, you know, I'm thinking back to when I get my letter from the doctor's office and it doesn't label A, B, C, or D. It just says you've passed your mammogram screening. Right. And do you get a copy of your report? No, I don't get a copy of the report. No, I never did either. No. So, but it should be in your portal if you have one, 
right? All those reports, those write-ups from all the doctors, sometimes it's like, I don't even know what they're saying, mm-hmm. you know? Um, and your mammogram report might be a little bit like that too. So you're going to have to either call your doctor and say, "Am I? do I have dense breasts? Can you interpret my, you know, can you either send me or help me interpret my mammogram report so that I can know how dense I am? Because that's the first step in all this. And do you think it's easy for women to do that? Not always. Not always. What do you think stops us from doing that? Doctor knows best. You know, Mm -hmm. you can't question them. Um, They know more than I do. So that if there's something else that I need, surely they would have told me. Yeah. You know? So who am I to question anything or ask questions? Because, you know, that's why. So... I think there's those things, but I also think kind of back to, you know, how we were discussing this about five minutes ago, and that is this all clear mammogram report, or they called me and said, it's all fine. Mm -hmm. I want to put that away for the year. Yes. Don't you? I mean, it's not not a lovely process. You've got someone, you know, holding your breasts, squishing it. It's like, yeah. I went, they told me it's fine. Let's forget about it. Right. Move on. Right. Right? right. And what we really hear when we get that call is not particularly the words that they say, but what we really hear in our brains is I don't have breast cancer. Correct. Yes. That's what I hear. Even though Absolutely. they don't say that. They don't say that they, you know, they don't use those words because they don't want to use those words because they're not sure. Right. Right. But that's what we hear. And that's what we want to hear. Yeah. Right. Yeah. What two months before my diagnosis, I got that all clear. Hey, all clear. See you next year. And what I heard was, uh, at least I don't have breast cancer. I don't have to worry about that. Right. Right. Wow. Yeah. So I what know. would you it's, suggest then to to give people, you know, to help women, first of all, look at at changing that belief that I don't have cancer, you know, and then the second piece of that is being able to then challenge the belief that the doctor knows best. And if there was an issue, they would let me know. Right. I know many doctors and I, I kind of love them all. The ones that I know, I really do. Um, they're in a system. They're kind of trapped in a system, to be honest, that, you know, kind of puts them where they are. And we just need to kind of understand that they're in a system and we're in a system that needs challenging. And, that if we don't challenge it, then maybe no one will. Um, And also one thing that I've come to realize is, you know, doctors are just people. I mean, they're people doing a job, you know, they, they are up against the wall on maybe you've got to do a certain number of uh, procedures a day Mm -hmm. or seeing a bunch of, you know, patients a day. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't really know all about how that works, but I know that some of them are 
really under the gun to crank it out. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, and that's the pressure that they're on. And so when they're under that kind of stress, they may, they, they don't really have time to learn the current stuff. Sometimes I had a head of a hospital tell me once, you know, most doctors are 10 years behind the current Ooh. technologies. He was head of a community hospital here in Chicago, no names. Mm -hmm. And he said, <laughs> most doctors are 10 years behind. So, you know, I don't want to, you know, like give doctors a bad name. I, I this is not where I, I hear that. I hear that. But we just need to know, and they'll all tell you this too. You need to advocate for yourself. Every doctor will tell you that. Every doctor with their salt will tell you you need to advocate for yourself. They know it too. Um, so in this particular case, there is one specific question that you can ask that can then open up the conversation with your doctor, and that is, what is my density? Okay. Okay. So that's the first step. Yes, that's that is the number one first step. And you get it from a mammogram. Mammogram. Yeah, right. Even if every woman in the United States would just do that, think of the conversations that would begin to you know, to be had all over. And even that might change everything. So every single woman called their doctor and said, what's my density? Because mm -hmm. some mm -hmm. women know, but most most women don't. Most women I have do no idea yeah. Yeah, about mine yeah. at all. Yeah, so are you going to call? Well, yes, I am. <laughs> I have Good. to now. <laughs> Good. Thank you. <laughs> so tell us a little bit about your journey in, in really figuring this out and and changing that mindset from, well, the doctor knows best to now I have to be an advocate and I need to ask certain questions. Tell us a little bit about that journey. Right. Uh, so, yeah, of, of course, the diagnosis was just this, you know, hideous shock. You know, it's like traumatic. Um, and I you know, spent maybe six or eight months uh, not really wanting people to know. Like, I didn't want, mm. you know, like, I didn't look different. I didn't act different, you know, like, so I, it wasn't outwardly apparent, you know, and it still isn't, that I have stage four breast cancer. So I thought, I, I don't really want the whole thing. about I don't want to be treated like, I don't want people to treat me differently. I don't want people mm -hmm. to treat me like I'm sick or, you know, I'm not right. going to be around much longer, you know, all that. I just didn't, ugh. Um, But after I got over that, then I decided I was going to do this thing, um, me kind of a wild thing, and that is to, because everybody wants to, like, let out their inner wild every now and then, right? So yes. I decided I was going to walk the Camino de Santiago, which is a 500-mile trek across Spain. And I was going to do it by myself, and I was going to raise money, for something called molecular breast imaging, which is a technology that can find three to four hundred percent more cancers than Ooh. women okay. in in women with dense breasts than than mammograms. So that is kind of the leap that, that we need to get to. But it, there was a research project that I really wanted to contribute to, so I thought I'm going to do that. But what happened while I was walking too? It's a pilgrimage, which is really is it's not for fundraising. It's it's for a pilgrimage to kind of figure yourself out, right? Yes. So while I was doing all that walking, it was you know a little bit of well, why me? Why did this happen to me? You know, mm -hmm. and then I got tired of that pretty fast, and then decided, well, okay, so what if we were to flip that? Just flip that why me thing, 
and say, why not me? Maybe this is the thing that, you know, I'm supposed to do. Like maybe this is my thing to make a really big contribution in life in for other people coming after me, you know, so that what happened to me doesn't, doesn't happen to me. Maybe yeah. that's, maybe this is like my gift. Yes. This is my gift. Um, so then when you start turning things around like that, um, you know, then, then it's, well, how am I going to do it? Who am I to do that? I'm not a doctor, you know? So then all that self-talk has mm-hmm. got to be, it's got to <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> get straight yeah. on all that. Yes. Right? So, so this is why, you know, these pilgrimages are days and days and days long because this takes a while. <laughs> to get to right um, but by the time I finished that I was like you know I think this is my calling nice. like I don't think I can I don't if, if I didn't tell other people about this knowing what I know knowing that it can be different then I don't know if I can live with myself because People need to know this. We need to move on. We need to do better. And we can. It's not a pipe dream. Like, it's reality. It can actually happen. There are technologies that can help us with this. So it's not like I'm trying to dream up something that isn't here now. Okay. It's Mm -hmm. here. It's Mm -hmm. just we need to get it out there and used as standard. That's my my big dream, to to get these things out there so that women with thin breasts have supplemental screening so their cancers can be found at a, you know, an earlier stage where the tumors are smaller yeah. and they have a much better chance of surviving. Wow, yeah. that's powerful. Wow. So I know it's heavy duty stuff. Like it is. <laughs> so sometimes really I'm just is. like, let's all just take a break. Let's all yes. just break. Yeah. Because it's big. It's big stuff. It is big, but the empowerment here that you're talking about, Leslie, is shifting what could be something that just makes us want to put our heads on the covers and call it a day and, and just be like, that's it. What you've yeah. done is you've really turned this around into empowering yourself and therefore empowering others into, okay, so I have this and now what do I do with it? What do I choose? to do with this and about this. Right. Yeah. That's amazing. It just keeps me going. Like I just keep going and going and going and going, you know, like I, it's what I do. It's <laughs> what, you know, it's just what it, what it's, what keeps me going. It's what my book is about. That's what my speaking program is about. It's, it's permeates my everything. Wow. So yeah. have you had the opportunity to meet women who have gone through similar processes or have been impacted by what you're sharing? Well, you know, yes, more, more than I want to tell you. And like now I get a story almost every day, if not more of, Oh yeah. Mammography didn't find mine either. I found it myself or, you know, um, stories like that. So well, my story is, it feels uncommon. Um, it's actually not that uncommon. I'm sorry to say. Now, a lot of cancers are not found at the latest stage where I'm at, you know, but 
what's probably a more likely story is the cancer is maybe stage two or three and bigger where it can be felt, you know, as opposed to a zero or one stage where we want to find them and just get rid of them, Mm -hmm. just get rid of it. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, But, Oh yeah. I, I just got off the phone with someone, you know, just today and they were telling me all about, you know, mammography missed one of their, and they have dense breasts. It found a small one, but didn't find a big one. Oh, isn't that something? So they got treated for the small one, and the big one was left. Got it. The big one was in a bunch of dense breast tissue where it couldn't be found. I see. Ouch. Yeah. 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 So there are stories like that, too. Not all found at stage four like me. Part of the reason mine was found at stage four is because I have something called lobular cancer, which okay. it, it, it's it's more of an area and not a thick knot or ball. Okay. So no one felt it, even though it was pretty big. Yeah. But one of these more advanced tests probably would have seen it. So how can, I guess, Is there anything else that you feel that you want our listeners to know before you tell us how people can get in contact with you? Um, Really, I think we've, I think we've already said it. I think that, you know, let's just all do that step one. Let's find out our density density from a mammogram report that we've had or get a mammogram and find out. Right. And that would be huge. And then continue the conversation after that. Oh, okay. So I do have dense breasts. So what else do we have as supplemental screening that um, could help to find a cancer if it is there? Great. And, you know, uh, molecular breast imaging. um, Some people get MRIs. You know, there are a few other things in the works as well that can go that leap from, you know, finding a few to three or four hundred percent more. But they are not readily available and certainly not a standard of care. But if you feel that you need that, then you start to push for it. And it is okay. You know, let's bust that belief that you can't challenge your doctor because you can't. Yes, you can Yes, and can. I actually think a lot of doctors want you to ask questions. I do. You know, every time I've asked questions, you know, they're like, great question. Let's talk about that. More questions? Okay. What other questions do you have? You know, so okay. I don't think it's all no doctor wants you to ask questions. I don't think, I don't really think that's true. So they might actually like you to ask this question. Great. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think you've just been so indoctrinated into not. Yeah asking or challenging or advocating for ourselves that um, I I like the idea that we start doing that, that that we really empower ourselves to do that. So how do you work with women, Leslie? And, you know, what what do you do to support other women and how could people get in contact with you? Right. So um, I speak um, anywhere I can. I've got a course now we're all you know, Zoom, etc. We're all virtual. Oh, yes. we're all virtual. <laughs> um, but I'm ready for you. I've got a <laughs> speaking program that I do over Zoom, about a half an hour, called "Be the Boss." Be the boss of your breast cancer screening, 
And so, you know, that's, and I've done that many times over Zoom. It works great. Um, and so you can contact me to, you know, have me do that. I do, um, I've written a book called Probably Benign. And, you know, that's a whole nother story about how that title was, you know, I came up with that title and everything. But um, the book is out on Amazon and also at probablybenign.com. And I do um, zoom into book clubs. So, mm-hmm. you know, book clubs used to be a thing, you know, people got together, but yes. now, and some of that's falling apart, but some people do it on zoom. And so I'll zoom in, I'll zoom into your book club. Yep. Right. Why not? Yeah. Yeah. Why not? Yeah, exactly. Um, and so those are two of the best ways. And if you go to my website, uh, which is leslieferrisyerger.com, my email's right there. I've got a contact form. You can contact me. You can link to the book. You can link to a, um, a download for the book club. Uh, media kit, everything is right there at leslieferrisyerger.com. Brilliant. Yeah. Leslie, it's been a pleasure having you on here. And and just when you think you know everything, it's like, oh, Ouch. well, no. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There's always something new to there learn. There is. <laughs> and thank you for educating us on such a, a really important topic and yeah. issue that I was completely unaware of. So I'm sure many of our listeners will fall into that category as well. Right. Okay. Yeah. Thank you. Um, So happy to be here and thank you for letting me share my message and everybody go find out your density and start that conversation with your doctor. And you heard it here on Belief Busters and we'll see you next time. Thank you. Thank you for joining us on this exploration of belief systems. I hope this gives you permission to change your beliefs and subsequently the world. Make sure you subscribe to this podcast and leave a review wherever you listen. You can reach me at info at preachitsister.com. I've also written a book, Turning Your Why Into Why Not, that gives you practical resources and steps that you can take to continue on the journey of exploring what your belief systems are. I look forward to seeing you next time on Belief Busters Podcast. See you on the flip side.